Oh my gosh. What a thrilling way to end the first half of the season. Welcome to New York. Attention fans, this is the Devil's State of Mind podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now here's your host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is, as always, your host. Your best friend, your confidant, your number one source, Neil Villapiano. And welcome to another exciting edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network as well as Sports Wire Radio. The best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. As always, guys, I hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, from the bottom of my heart for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. You always know that I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This podcast episode and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by our wonderful friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Folks, I got to tell you, the NFL playoffs first round wild card is coming up this weekend. And with that going on and so many other sports, including the National Hockey League going on, DraftKings is continuing to give you guys unbelievable opportunities to get huge cash prizes. So if you want a little bit more cash in your pocket, I got a deal for you. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook right now, sign up, use our promo code THPN, and don't forget to tell them that your boy, Neil Villapiano, sent you. And once again, a big thank you and shout out to our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook for sponsoring the Hockey Podcast Network as well as the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Wow, guys. I mean, you think about how that game went and you just sit here even now and say, how on earth did we manage to win that game? How on earth did we manage to have that thrilling of a finish to the first half of the season? I mean, we are now officially halfway through the NHL season, just completing game 41. And so here's what's going to happen on this episode of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. First and foremost, we will recap the game against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday night. And then we are going to recap and look back on the devil season through the first half. And there are a lot of stats, a lot of fun facts that I want to share with you guys that really just kind of show you in many ways how different this team is, this devil's team is, not just from last year or two years ago, but from five, six, seven, eight years ago, and even longer than that. And I think once I tell you guys these these stats that I found in these facts, I, I think you'll be very, very uh, impressed and in some ways shocked. So I'm really excited to do this episode. I'm also going to give you my top 
five. Um, best players from the first half of the season, as well as my top five worst players from the first half. And we'll also look ahead to the rest of the season. So, as always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So let us kick things off with the game in Carolina on Tuesday night against the Carolina Hurricanes. Devils looking for back-to-back wins, first Metropolitan team. to talked about it in the last episode, how it would be really huge for this team to get some important wins against their division rivals and just gain some momentum. And the big thing going into this game was that Miles Wood had gotten hurt and was uh, helped off the ice during practice um, on Monday, right before the team left for Carolina. And we thought, oh, geez, well, he's going to be out. Well, he actually ended up traveling with the team. And not only that, he actually ended up playing in this game. So you kind of hope that it was nothing serious. Lindy Ruff kind of shrugged it off like it wasn't that big of a deal. Nolan Foote was actually called up from Utica for precautionary reasons. Um, Be curious to see if he gets any action. Uh, At the time of this recording, he is still with the team as they travel to Anaheim. But just something to keep your eye on. Another thing is that going into this game, the Hurricanes, while certainly been rocking and rolling, they actually of late have been struggling. And this was a huge opportunity for the Devils, especially if they were able to get a win in regulation, to move to within two points of first place in the Metropolitan Division. So clearly, like in many other scenarios, but definitely in this one, a huge, huge game for this team. And the Devils could not have played a worse 39 minutes of this game. I mean, this, you know, I've seen the Devils before play poorly. And funny enough, we've seen many games where the Devils just outplay their opponents and they, and and they're still losing the game. This was different in the sense of the Devils right from the start were just outplayed. Not very much action in the offensive zone. Vitek Vanacek, continuing to bail out the Devils, uh, making save after save, ending up having to stop nearly 20 shots in the first period. I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous how badly the Devils were getting outplayed and outshot and everything like that. And eventually it paid off for Carolina as the Hurricanes were able to get a shorthanded goal from Kasperi Kotkiniemi. Um, It was just a good face-off win by Martin Nietzsche. Kotkiniemi off the draw, took the shot, and he ended up scoring. And so, again... Add another shorthanded goal that the Devils have given up. And the Hurricanes, um, you know, deservingly so, got themselves the one nothing lead. But then about four minutes later, Jonas Siegenthaler kind of takes a harmless shot from a right corner sharp angle um, on net. And he immediately reacted as if he scored. And it looked, and interestingly enough, I forgot who was, I think it might have been Miles Wood, but somebody who was trailing uh, Sigatal on the play reacted the same way, and he was pointing at, you know, at the net saying that that puck ended up in the net. And for a couple of minutes, there was a lot of confusion, and the refs decided to go back <clears throat> and look at the, um, and look at the replay. And the first like two or three replays, which was kind of like overhead and also behind the goaltender, uh, Kachetkov, it didn't see, you couldn't see the puck going into the net. So for me, it was just kind of like, well, this is not going to count and everything like that. And then they finally showed a camera angle from the backside, from the left side where Siegenthaler was on the other side of the arena. 
And when you see that replay, you see that the puck hits Kachekov's right leg pad and goes in. You could see it. Kachekov did not, you know, squeeze the post enough to stop that puck, and it ended up going in the net. So from that angle, it's a good goal. And sure enough, the refs got that replay. They came out to center ice and said it was a good goal. So Jonas Siegenthaler, with just his second goal of the year, ties the game up at one, and that's where things stood um, after one period of play. For Siegenthaler, that was his first goal in 32 games, just to let you know. But again, 1-1 one, one after 1, and I'm sitting there during the intermission and saying, the fact that this game is tied and we're getting outplayed as badly as we have been is nothing short of miraculous. And you kind of can see where Carolina's starting to experience a little bit of what us, you know, covering this Devils team have experienced for the last year or two years now where constantly out shooting, constantly in many ways outplaying, but either losing the game or tied or whatever the case may be. So the Devils kind of experiencing what a lot of their opponents have experienced uh, in the past. So then we go to the second period and things did not improve on either end for the Devils. And what I mean by that is that first and foremost, offensively, again, not doing a whole lot. And again, you know, Carolina just putting shot at the shot, shot. And again, VTech making some really good saves, just doing everything he possibly can to keep the Devils in this one. Uh, Max Pacioretty would score a goal where it would hit off the back of Sharon Govich. Well, it hit him in the arm, to, uh, you know, up in the air, it would hit him in the arm and would go in. And just a bad goal to give up, but it was coming. That the, the Hurricanes were pushing so much in that spit, in that you know spurt right there, that it was only a matter of time before they scored, and they did. And then things got from bad to worse. Devils once again on the power play. Canes come down shorthanded on a two-on-one. Dougie Hamilton just caught in the crossroads of trying to figure out which guy he's going to defend, and he ends up defending neither. As Sebastian Aho gets himself an easy tap in. On a cross on a cross crease feed, and he gets the Hurricanes their second shorthanded goal and gives them a three to one lead with 226 to go in the period. So at this point in the game, I'm pretty much accepting of the Devils are just not going to win tonight. Um, they're not playing well. This is clearly a game that just needs to end and not an ideal way you want to finish um or excuse me, begin uh this five-game road trip. But then for Reasons that I can't understand, the Devils just immediately woke up because within the last minute, the Devils just found life. And it started with Dawson Mercer in the right corner in the offensive zone, loses the puck, regains it. And instead of going around the net to the other side, he actually goes short side and is able to tuck one just under the leg pad of Kachekov and in. And Mercer gets his ninth of the year, his first in nearly or almost 20 games. He gets his ninth goal, and the Devils cut the deficit to one. So once again, despite continuously being outplayed, it is now a one-goal game. But just 18 seconds later, an unlikely source, Jesper Boquist, with his fourth of the year, would score on a beautiful, nifty play coming up the left side, got a step on the defenseman, and was able to just tuck it through the legs of Gachekov, and it was a beautiful goal on the backhand by Boquist. And the Devils, in goals in 18 seconds apart, come back from down 3-1 to tie the game up at 3, and that's where things stood at the end of 40 minutes of play. And so for the second straight game, the Devils come back from down multiple goals to tie the game up.
And so again, at this point, no way that this should, this game should be tied. As a matter of fact, it should be four to one, five to one, whatever. There's no way that this game should be tied going into the third period. But that was the 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 most quiet I have ever heard that arena in Carolina. I mean, they were stunned. I think they were incredibly stunned. You could tell that the Hurricanes themselves were stunned. And you could see it even more once the third period began. The Devils at one point were out shooting the Hurricanes 6-1 to in the third. The Devils finally found life. And they had a, at least one really good period. And it was the most important one in the third. They were aggressive. They were confident in their play. They were making crisp passes. Everything was working out. You know, Kachekov was making some saves. But you felt like that the Devils were onto something. And then just around the nine-minute mark of the period, seconds before, uh, Jesper Boquist tried to dump a behind-the-back dump-off pass to Mercer, and he completely missed him. And I remember saying, why are you passing that? Boquist should have shot it. Puck goes back out to center ice, starts leaning towards the devil zone. And then an opportunity where Michael McLeod makes a nice feed to Mercer, where he's able to just get a step, get a little bit around the defenseman. And as he's falling down to the ground, like Bobby Orr in that Stanley Cup final, that famous Stanley Cup final goal, he's able to tuck one past Kachekov on a nice deep from his forehand to, from, excuse me, from his backhand to his forehand. Just a beautiful goal. And the Devils have taken the lead at Four to three with three unanswered goals. Dawson Mercer, who got an assist on the Boquist goal, gets himself his third point of the night, his first career multi-point game. He gets himself to double-digit goals with his 10th. And more importantly, like I said, the Devils grab the lead. And so at that point, it's not only silence, but there's booing as well from the Carolina faithful. Again, it was just absolutely stunned. Just absolutely stunned. And it's one of those things where it's just like, how in the world are we in this position? And after the Devils took the lead, they kind of started to fall back, like I've seen before, where they were playing more defensive. They were trying very hard to just hold on to the lead. Carolina made as good of a push as you could. Some good block shots from guys like Hamilton and Graves. Um, and also just VTech making some saves. And then eventually Nico Heischer has the puck. He's going up the left side past the benches. And he's got all day to shoot this damn puck into an empty net. But he waits too long, ends up losing the puck. But the ref calls a penalty. So you're thinking, okay, Devils are going to the power play. But in the NHL rule book, if the player with the puck is nearing the empty net and he can't score because a player gives him a penalty on the shot, then by rule, it counts as an empty net goal. I don't know how this ends up becoming a rule, but it is. But a not-so-empty net goal is awarded to Nico Heischer getting his 19th of the year to give the Devils a two-goal lead with just about a minute or so to go. And the Devils would hold on for the miraculous multi-goal comeback win in Carolina against the Hurricanes by the final score of 5-3. to three. Just a unreal comeback. And I kind of compare it to the game against... I can't even, like... You could compare it to the game against the Rangers on Saturday for sure. I kind of look at it more like the game against the Edmonton Oilers back in November when we came back against them in the third period. Kind of the same thing, that stunned, unbelievable situation where not only do we win, we end up winning in regulation. 
and the Devils finished with four unanswered goals after being down three to one. For the Devils, this was their fifth multi-goal comeback of the year, which is now the most by any team in the NHL. And second in a row for the second straight game, we come back from down 3-1 and end up tying it. Now, actually, it took us a lot less time to come back from down three, but down two, excuse me. But still, that's that same type of wow. That is crazy. And what's even better is that the Devils don't allow Carolina to even just get a point. They win the game in regulation. And the Devils earn win number 26 on the year. They pull to within two points of the Hurricanes for first place in the Metro Division. Now Carolina's 57, Devils now at 55. As I mentioned before, Dawson Mercer picked up his first career multi-goal game and tied a career high with three points, multi-career um, uh, goal game. So that is a uh, feat for still a very young Dawson Mercer. And the three guys that ended up being the difference other than Vitek Vanacek in this game were Jesper Boquist, Dawson Mercer, and Michael McLeod which Lindy Ruff later admitted he put that line together by accident, which is so funny. They combined for seven points in this game. Boquist had a goal and an assist. Mercer, as we just mentioned, two goals, one assist. And Michael McLeod, who does so much better, as a lot of Devils do, on the road, added two assists for himself. And also, the Devils ended some long goal droughts in this game. Mentioned before, Siegenthaler broke a 31-game goalless drought. Boquist scored after just 19 games without, and Mercer, a goal after going 12 contests without scoring. So it was less than 20. So I do apologize for that. Boquist was closer to 20 than Mercer. But still, all these guys, multiple, you know, um, double-digit games since the last time they scored. Nico Heischer, as we mentioned before, got an empty net goal. He was awarded one. He also did an assist in this game to record a career-high eight-game uh, scoring streak for 11 points, six goals, five assists in that span. So he is two games away from making it a 10-game scoring streak. He is really, really playing super well right now. And this is also the first game in a while that Jack Hughes didn't register a point and quite frankly, wasn't that much of a factor. He was very quiet in this game. He ended up with, I think, four or five shots anyway, but he really wasn't a factor. And although we obviously love seeing Jack Hughes make the contributions that he's been making and ultimately carrying this team, at the end of the day, it is refreshing to get a win for the first time in a while where Jack Hughes wasn't the one that had to carry us to victory. It was very unlikely guys, not even our top guys. The only top guy that scored was Nico, and that was an empty net goal that was awarded to him because of a penalty. So that is uh, tremendous that the team's depth was able to showcase themselves in that game. The Devils' incredible road record moves to 15-2-1 on the year, and also it's the highest points percentage the record of uh, the road record, the highest point percentage in all of the National Hockey League. So that is tremendous. This team is road warriors. Absolutely. Great way to start the road trip. Move, you know, getting that first dub, a big one against your division rival. And now you fly to the West Coast for a bunch of games against the Pacific Division, starting with the game Friday night 
in Anaheim versus the Ducks, 10 p.m. Eastern. So a lot of you guys, including myself, will be staying up quite late over the next week and change. This game, just like the one in Carolina, will also be on ESPN+. Plus. So there is that. So the Devils' next MSG broadcast will be Saturday, uh, the very next night. So again, ESPN+, Plus will be the television home for this one, Devils versus uh, Ducks. But overall... Tremendous comeback win, back-to-back comeback victories for this Devils team. And they end the first half of the season on a thrilling, thrilling high note. The NFL playoff picture is locked in. And my go-to place for wild card round action, it's DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. To kick off the road to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can get a no-sweat bet each day of the wildcard round this weekend. Just place any NFL bet of your choice, and if it loses, you'll get a free bet back up to $10. Action so good, why bet the NFL playoffs anywhere else? And when you look at all the opportunities out there with so many exciting games coming up this upcoming week, there's just no better place with how easy it is and how convenient it is to place really awesome bets and cash in on huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So now, again, like I mentioned before, because we are officially at the halfway point of the season, Devils just completed game 41. It is as good of a time as any to recap what has been a crazy up and down and mostly up first half of the season for the New Jersey Devils. They finished the first half of the year 26-12-3. and They had 27 wins in all of last season. So they are well on their way to uh, having many more wins than that. And that is tremendous that, they're, that they've done as much damage as they've done so far. The Devils, 55 points, second place in the Metro Division. Again, this is at the time of this recording. Fourth in the Eastern Conference and sixth overall in the National Hockey League. Their 0.6.71 uh, points percentage is fourth highest overall in the NHL. They also have a plus 32 goal differential, good for fourth best in the NHL. They have a not so great 11, 10, and 2 record at home, which is 15th in the NHL, so right in the middle. But an incredible, as we mentioned before, 15-2-1 record on the road. Good for third third best in the NHL. And some other things to mention here, some other stats. The big thing, obviously, the 13-game winning streak back in October, which is the longest in the NHL this year. That is tied for the longest in Devils history and currently tied with a boatload of teams for the fifth best in NHL history. So the Devils really rocking and rolling. We'll go record by division. Devils are 8-5-0 against the Atlantic, 8-5-2 against the Metropolitan Division. The Central, they are 3-2-1 and 
And this is pretty perfect timing because the Devils go into this West Coast road trip, a perfect 7-0-0 against the Pacific Division. So let's see if the Devils can keep that up. Record by month, Devils went 6-3-0 in October. The incredible and historic 13-1-0 record in November. The abysmal 4-7-2 record in December. And they are currently 3-1-1 in the month of January, which is absolutely tremendous. Devils are also seven points ahead of the second wildcard spot. Goals for 141 is seventh best in the NHL. Goals against 109 is third best in the NHL. Power play percentage at 20% is 21 out of 32 teams. Penalty kill 82.2% is seventh best in the NHL. They have two shutouts and their overtime shootout record is at four and three. Again, this is at the time of this recording. Uh, goals leader, not surprising, Jack Hughes at 26. Assist leader, Dougie Hamilton at 26. And points leaders, Jack Hughes with 49. Now, here's something that I saw that was really interesting. The Devils' 55 points at this point in the year through 41 games played is the most that they have had since the 2017-18 season, the last time we made the playoffs, when we had 52 at this point, the last time that we had more than 55 was all the way back in the 2009-2010 season when the Devils were 30-10-1 with 61 points on the year. So I'm throwing a bunch of stats to you, but I want you again to understand just how incredible this season so far has been through all the ups and downs and all the emotions going all over the place. It's been nuts. Now, the last thing I want to share with you before we get to my top players of the first half is a thread that our play-by-play voice, Bill Spaulding, actually uh, put out earlier this morning. I mean, he really got up early. And remember, he's out on the West Coast with the team. So he posted this at around 8.45 this morning. It was about 5.45 in the morning on the West Coast. So he woke up early to put this out here. He said... The Devils have hit the midway point of the season. Let's start big picture. The Devils are 26-12-3 for 55 points. That's a 110-point pace. Only the 2000-2001 team finished with more than 110 points. They finished with 111. That team also ended up going to Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals against the Avalanche. Currently, the 2002-2003 Stanley Cup team sits second with 108. So... They're in a pretty good company right now. Pittsburgh currently holds the final playoff spot with 48 points. That projects out to 96 points for the season. For the Devils to get 96 points, they need just 41 points over the last 41 games. And now he also posted a couple things about uh, Jack Hughes, Nico, Jesper Brad, and Dougie Hamilton. Jack Hughes hits the midseason with 49 points on 26 goals, 23 assists. That's a 98-point pace on 52 goals, 46 assists. 98 points would set the Devils' single-season record. Patrick Elias had 96. 52 goals would also set a Devils' season record. Gianta has the record at 48. Nico Heischer has 40 points in the first half on 19 goals, 21 assists. That projects out to a career-high points, 80, smashing his previous best of 60 from just last year. Jesper Brad is also on 80-point pace with 40 points on 15 goals, 25 assists. His career high from last year is 73. 
Dougie Hamilton has 35 points on nine goals, 26 assists. That's a 70-point pace and would project out to 18 goals, 52 assists. He could have an historic season for a Devils D-man. Scott Stevens currently holds the Devils D record with 78 points in 93-94. But 70 points would rank Dougie second. 52 assists also rank second. After 42 game points as a rookie, Dawson Mercer is on a 50-point pace in year two. His three-point night last night bumped him to 25 points, 10 goals, 15 assists. Tomas Tatar is on pace for his fourth career 50-point season. He also has 25 points at the midway point of this year. And then finally, Vitek Vanacek, and this is the one that really caught people's attention. At 16-5-2, Vitek Vanacek is on pace for 32 wins this year. That ranked 14th in Devils single-season history, but first among goalies not named Martin Brodeur, who currently holds the 15 winningest seasons in Devils history. So, again, Vitek and some other guys in some pretty good company at this point in the year. Just unbelievable what a lot of these guys and the team overall have done up until this point in the year. And it is crazy that Martin Berder has fit the first 15 most winningest seasons in Devils history. That And, again, that just shows you how incredible it is. The last thing here that Bill put out, a couple more Devils numbers. At the midway point, the Devils are seventh in goals per game at a 3.44 rate and fourth in goals and, uh, and, G and goals against average at 2.63. Last year, the Devils were 19th in goals per game at 2.99 and not surprisingly, 29th in goals against average at 3.68. They were allowing more than a goal a game less than last year. So that is... Phenomenal again that you know we that they're just doing all of these crazy things. It is really, really impressive that it's happening. And I'm I'm just honestly tremendous. Now, a good friend of ours and former Devils broadcaster Steve Cangelosi actually put out this tweet yesterday. Um, talking about the Devils. He says, can't recall more important consecutive come from behind wins from the Devils since late in the 17-18 season. That unforgettable stretch when they hung on versus Islanders and Hall had the shorthanded goal of Montreal. They'd clinch playoff berth days later. Pleasure watching the first 41 games. So even guys who used to cover this team are watching this team and are impressed. And at the end of the day, the Devils are just doing unreal things. But at the same time, you still have 41 games to go. You have this road trip coming up. A lot of games that you could definitely win. It's about taking it one game at a time and just continuing to roll. Will the Devils move uh, move themselves to uh, a three-game winning streak? We will find out on Friday. And this is also the first time since early December that the Devils have won more than one game in a row. So hopefully they are now back to where they were back in November, which they're already off to a great start in this month. They just got to keep building on it. So finally here, ladies and gentlemen, I am going to give you my best players of the first half and my worst players of the first half. My good buddy, who also is on all of my lives, uh, David Decker, who's also been on the podcast, uh, he kind of came up with this idea, and we actually talked about it in the last live, recapping the win against the Carolina Hurricanes on Tuesday night. Um, he kind of gave me the idea to do this, and I'm going to do it here on the podcast. And by the way, if you're not following us on, on Instagram at Devil State of Mind, you should, because that, 
is where you can catch the live recaps after these games for the Devils. So let's do the best players of the first half. And I'm going to go one to five and then honorable mention. That's the way I'm going to do it. So we'll start with the most obvious one, and that is Jack Hughes. 41 games played, 26 goals, 23 assists, 49 points. According to The Athletic, he is currently second place for Hart Trophy watch behind Connor McDavid. So that's an interesting thing to keep in mind and, and keep a note about. You know, look at where Edmonton is, look where the Devils are. I know the stats are very different because McDavid is just unreal. But if Jack Hughes keeps this up and the Devils get in the playoffs and maybe the, the Oilers don't, does that help Jack Hughes' case to maybe make a run at a potential Hart Trophy? We'll see. Currently, Jack Hughes is tied for 11th in points in the NHL, 8th in goals in the NHL. He has goals in 19 of his last 21 games, and as Bill Spaulding just mentioned, he is currently on pace for 98 points. And he was at one point on pace for 100 points. He could still very well get there if he continues this unreal stretch. He would be the first devil ever to reach 100 or more points in a season. Second guy on the list is the captain, Nico Heischer. 40 games played, 19 goals, 21 assists for 40 points. He is currently, and this is according to several of my sources, top three in Selkie Trophy watch. Just in terms of the way he plays defensively, his two-way game is tremendous. I don't think he'll end up winning it because, again, Patrice Bergeron is having another great year, and it's basically the Patrice Bergeron Award at this point. But just the fact that Nico is there, we've talked about it here on the podcast before, about how much I could see similarities between Patrice Bergeron and Nico. And this is not surprising. So we'll see if Nico can keep uh, staying in that conversation. Third guy is Jesper Bratt. And I know recently it hasn't been as great as it was at the beginning of the year, um, but he has found ways to slowly get his game back and get goal score. But he has been relatively disappointing of late. And it does definitely um, bring a lot of questions in terms of, you know, the Devils signing him to a long-term deal. Are they even going to do that? A lot of questions. And I think the Devils are going to see how these next 41 games go. And that will certainly help make their make their decision. 41 games played so far for Brad, 15 goals, 25 assists for 40 points. So he's tied with Nico for second on the team. So overall, he's definitely having a good year, no question. Number four is one of the better acquisitions we had during this offseason, and that is goaltender Vitek Vanacek. As I mentioned before, 16-5-2, a 2.37 goals against average, and something we were not, were not accustomed to seeing, especially of late from goaltenders, a .913 save percentage. Just having a over-9 save percentage by a goalie on the Devils at this point in the year is phenomenal. Tied for eighth in wins in the NHL right now is Vitek Vanacek. And this one, some of you might think is a surprise, but I'll explain. Number five for me is John Marino, who, yes, he has not played for a while due to an injury. He is practicing with the team, but it definitely sounds like it's still a ways away before he can get back. 32 games played so far, three goals, six assists, nine points. But what stands out to me or what stood out to me prior to him getting hurt is how well he would do against every team's uh, best players. He would go out there and play those minutes and do a great job in many ways of shutting down the top guys. And that was when we were really rocking and rolling on that winning streak. He was really, really at the focal point of that defensive core. And what a great acquisition by Tom Fitzgerald. Again, just for Ty Smith. I mean, this was just one of those great heists by Tommy Fitz. So great one. And I'm definitely excited to get him back down the road and, and him continue to give us success on the back end. 
My one honorable mention here is, of course, Dougie Hamilton. And the only reason that I don't have him in the top five is because his defensive game needs a lot of work, especially after how brutal he was defensively against Carolina. I need to see him really step up a lot more when it comes to the defensive side. So that's really what I want to see. But he still deserves to be up on this list because 41 games played, nine goals, 26 assists, 35 points. Um, he leads the team, he leads the defenseman on the team and everything there. He is currently in top 10 Norse trophy watch, according to a lot of people. He is seventh in goals for defensemen in the NHL, eighth in assists, and sixth in points. And this is what we get to see from a fully healthy Dougie Hamilton. And offensively, he's really showcasing why the Devils paid him as much money as they are paying him. So again, would definitely like to see his defensive game improve a lot. And he's got the second half of the year to get that going. And he continue to rock and roll offensively. So those are my top five and honorable mentions of the best players on the Devils through the first half of the year. Now, ideally, this is not like the best way to end the episode because it's kind of like a downer. But I also do have a couple of worst slash most disappointing players of the first half. The first one is Eric Halla, and it's it sucks because in a way I sympathize with him, but I am definitely as frustrated as every other fan of this team. 41 games played, two goals, 17 assists, 19 points. He hasn't gotten a goal since the road since the road trip where the Devils were in Ottawa, which was well back on November 18th. So it has been nearly two months since Eric Halla scored a goal. He definitely has the worst luck of anybody I've ever seen on this team when it comes to just not being able to score, struggling to finish. And his face-offs haven't been as great as they were at the beginning of the year. At the beginning of the year, he was like in the top three NHL in face-off winning percentage. And it has dropped a bit since then. So I would like to see him get some more goals. I think moving him to the bottom six on that third line um, you know, would definitely help and create more depth. I think that would be a good spot for him. It seems like that Lindy Ruff really likes Halla playing alongside Hughes, but I really would like to see Halla moved around a bit to try to get him going. Next guy on my list is Brendan Smith. 40 games played, zero goals, four assists for four points. The biggest gripe that I have straight up is that he takes way too many dumb penalties. He takes a lot of penalties that are just so unnecessary. I do appreciate him trying to stand up and trying to be physical, and we definitely need it. But there's many times where he's just too reckless, and he ends up taking too many penalties. So I got it. he has to be way more disciplined in the second half. And it would be nice to see him maybe get a goal or two and not be the only guy on this roster to not score a goal. Third guy on my list might come as a surprise to some, but not to me, and that is Yegor Sharangovich. 41 games played, 10 goals, 7 assists for 17 points. He has just been way too inconsistent. He has gone so many stretches where one minute he's looking like a top six scoring winger for years to come. Next minute, he looks like he can't even crack the roster because he just goes into games where he's just going with the flow. He's not really involved in a lot. He's not make, He's not being that aggressive. And it's very frustrating to watch because there's still really high expectations of him, especially after how he played the year before and even in 2021 with the ability that he has. So... I'd really like to see him get his goal scoring up a little bit more. Maybe moving him up to the top six might help him, you know, you know, surrounding him. I think having a line at some point of Hughes, Mercer, and Sharangovich would be good. It had a lot of success last year, and I think that it would be a good thing, especially if you want to move Eric Halla down to that bottom six role. 
Tomas Tatar, who, again, he's on his way to potentially getting his fourth career 50-point season, but I still at times consider him to be disappointing this year. 41 games played, 9 goals, 16 assists, 25 points. Just like Sharon Govich, way too inconsistent. Now, he's more visible on the ice. He certainly does make plays, but I still am not really happy with him playing on the top six and certainly not happy with him playing on that top line with Jack. Um or even playing along Nico because there's just times where he's just not really helping a whole lot. That doesn't mean that I, I don't think that Tatar can't help this team. I think he certainly can. I just think you have to find a different role for him in terms of if you're going to keep him on the top six. Because when he's on his game, scoring-wise, very, very good and uh, really, really sharp. No question about it. So, you know, Tomas Tatar, disappointing, not really bad. And uh, he really has to get more consistent and find a way to get some more goals in this second half of the year. And the last one here, I don't have an honorable mention for this list. Last one here is a little bit controversial, but I'll explain in a second. And that is Kevin Ball. Now, Kevin Ball has played just 13 games this year. He played a couple last year. He has a goal and an assist for two points. At times when he's playing defensively, he looks lost out there. He makes a lot of mistakes. He also, similar to Smith, will take some bad penalties. But... I give him more of a pass because he's still a rookie. He's still learning right now how to play, you know, in that in that spot. And uh, I think, honestly, giving him a chance to play with somebody like even Damon Severson from an offensive standpoint, I think would help him. Or even pairing him with a de more defensive defenseman, maybe a guy like John Marino when he gets back, or, you know, whatever the case may be, I think would help him. Um, but obviously, he's getting this opportunity to play because of the fact that we are a little bit banged up on the on the back end. Um and hopefully he can get himself going. I'm not asking him to get like to 20, 25 points as a defenseman or anything like that. I'm simply asking him to just be better defensively and use the big body that he has. I feel like at times he doesn't use it for some reason. He's not as physical as I would expect him to be. So I'd like to see him lay out the body a little bit more and try to be a little bit more disciplined. I think other than that, he's done as decent of his job as anybody could get, especially as a rookie coming into a tough spot like that. So that was what I would say about Kevin Ball. And those are my top five most disappointing players of the first half. So let me know what you guys think about either of these lists. If you agree, disagree, or anything like that, again, as always on Twitter at Devil State and also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. But a really, really awesome way to end the first half for this Devils team. Really exciting. Devils now head over to the West Coast with back-to-back multi-goal comeback wins. 26 wins on the year, which is tremendous. And now the big push comes. It is now almost the middle of January, and you're still very much in the thick of things. This is an opportunity to really, really rack up some wins. You're four away from 30. You have a chance to really keep yourself going and right in the race with everybody else in the Metro Division in the playoff spot. And with the All-Star Game coming up in a couple of weeks, and with the trade deadline coming up in less than 60 days, this is really big for this team to... Final, to really just continue to shake off the naysayers and put this team in a position to get back into the playoffs. And the last thing that I want to quickly mention to you guys, I made a post about it on Instagram and Twitter earlier on Wednesday evening. And shout out to my guy, Artie, who's been on the podcast, AC Edits. 
He makes a lot of really awesome edits. All the game day posts are from him. There's a lot of other edits that he has made that I have shared. He has been a great friend of mine and has really helped my podcast grow a lot. So shout out to Artie. Um, he made a couple of, you know, NHL vote, you know, fan vote edits of Nico Heischer, Jesper Brett, Dougie Hamilton, and Vitek Vanacek that I shared. Again, go check it out at Devil State on Twitter and Instagram at Devil State of Mind. You have from today, time of this recording, to next week, the 18th, uh, or excuse me, the 19th of January to vote three players from each division, two skaters and a goalie, up to 10 times per 24 hours to get them in to be one of the last handful of guys to get into the all-star game. So for the Devils, the four guys that you look at are Nico Heischer, Jesper Brad, Dougie Hamilton, and Vitek Vanacek. So if you want three of those guys in and join Jack Hughes in Sunrise, Florida, representing the Devils, go to NHL.com slash all-star fan vote or NHL.com slash vote, actually. Go and vote. Again, you can pick two forwards, two defensemen, a forward defenseman, and you got to pick a goaltender for each division. You can vote up to 10 times per 24 hours until 11.59.59 p.m. Eastern time on January 18th, which will be next Wednesday, a week from the time of this recording. So you still have a week to vote. Continue to vote, Devils fans, and let's get some more of our Devils boys in the All-Star game representing the New Jersey Devils.